Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, Jesus is speaking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve. And here he says it again. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So what was his lesson? If I'm going to love others, God's love serves others. If I'm going to love other believers, love is a verb. I'm going to serve them. In today's message, Pastor Mark will ask us to do one of the hardest things known to man. That is to love everyone. There's no way around it. If you are a Christ follower, then God commands you to love everyone. Yes, even that person driving 40 and 50 mile an hour speed limit. If you don't love your brother, you don't love God. Some people are going to say this refers only to other believers. Don't use that as an excuse. They should be able to feel God's love through us. The fact is, we must love others. If God's love reached only those who loved Him, who could be saved? No one. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, for part one of our message entitled, Loving Others Proves We Know God. Let's turn to our Bibles. Life would be really easy if there was only really one bracelet. And it just said this, love God. I mean, I might even do okay with love as a verb. But where do you? Have most trouble tonight. Could I hear where? Love who? People. Is that right? You're kidding me. No, you're not. I understand. You see, loving God is not difficult. You know why? Because He's perfect. But loving other people is always difficult. All people are imperfect. People, could I hear an amen somewhere right there? Amen. All people are imperfect people. Now, what I want you to do, you like this finger thing. I've watched you over the last few weeks. You just take that finger to your neighbor and point it to him and say, you're an imperfect person. Go right ahead. Go right ahead, all of our campuses. Some of you have been waiting all day to do that. Now, we've asked you to turn to 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. That was a test. The book of 1 John is really about this. Know that you know that you know that you know. Can you show and have proof that you are really a Christian? 
that it that to really have a personal relationship with God. Well, last week the test was the test of obedience. We learned that if we claim to be a Christ follower, and we're to, then we have to learn to live like Jesus and imitate one huge part of Him: obedience, His conduct, and His attitude. But the test we're going to look at tonight is not the test of obedience. John immediately gives us another test. It's called the test of love. Look at verse 7. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you've had since the beginning. The old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you... A new command. Don't get confused. We'll talk about the old and the new in a moment. Its truth is seen in him, Jesus, and you. Because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Now you remember when Jesus came and he began teaching, he took all the Old Testament commandments and he put them into two. Simple two statements. We're to love God, that's what's on your bracelet, and we're to love people. Let's practice it right now. Life life is filled with the vertical, We're we're to love God, and it's filled with the horizontal. We're to love people, these funky, messy, imperfect people. That was the commandment. Now, why in the world is it a new commandment? Well, in the old commandment, Let me give you out of the Old Testament. Here's what it said. You're to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But when Jesus came, he changed it. It's still about imperfect people. But notice, you see it on the overhead. Here's how Jesus changed it. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you So you must love one another. So the new is this. If you're a Christian, a Christ follower, a believer, you're to love other people as Jesus loved them. Well, how did Jesus love his disciples? How did Jesus love all other people? You know the answer to that. What did he do? He died for us. He laid his life down for us. The the only one that we ever knew did that that could pay for our sins. He actually laid his life down for us. That That's this agape love that we read about, God's love. It's selfless. It's other-centered kind of love. Now, in this context, John is talking about believers loving other believers. Now, remember... Love is a verb. It's not just an emotion. I know you're imperfect, but let me give you a hug. Okay. I hope I never see him the rest of the week. No, love is a verb. Is a verb. Let me read to you what, and, and see how you and I are doing with this. Now remember, all around us tonight, there's nobody different. We're all imperfect people. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is a verb now. It doesn't envy, it doesn't not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Let me say that one again. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. Well, Jesus, what are you trying to say to me? I'm supposed to love others like you love me? Well, watch this. You'll remember it. That was easy. Let's try that again. That was easy. What I just read to you, was it easy? No, actually, without God, it's what? Say it like you know it. It's impossible. It's not easy. That was easy. It's easy to say, but it's not easy to do. See, that's why love is a verb. Oh, I love you. Well, when you begin walking through this, understand. Look at verse 9. John loves this contrast between light and dark. Watch what he does. Anyone who claims to be in the light, Jesus is the light, has a relationship with God, but hates his brother, another believer, is still in darkness. No one, what John's saying is this, no one can walk in the light and in the darkness at the same time. You cannot do that. You can either walk in the light or you can walk in the darkness. If a Christ follower is in fellowship with God, then there, by definition, because Jesus is the light of the world, we're walking in the light. That means also that there has to be a fellowship with other believers at the same time. That lifestyle of walking with God means that then I'm going to have to be walking in relationship with those imperfect people because we're all part of one big family, God's family, the church. So if a Christ follower says they are in fellowship with God, but they hate another believer, well, they're not in fellowship with God. There's a problem with their relationship with God. You see, we cannot be in fellowship with God and out of fellowship with other believers at the same time. That's impossible. Look at verse 10. He clarifies it even more. Look at it. All of the campuses, look at it. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And there is nothing in him to make him stumble. Here is what we get when you and I are in unity and fellowship with other believers. Let me just stop for a second. When, when I'm talking about fellowship and unity with other believers, I'm not saying everybody here will be your best friend. That's impossible. You can only have so many good friends. And then you can have a very few really best, best friends that you would open up to. So I'm not asking any of us to do that because that doesn't happen. But we, we should be in uni and fellowship. So if we're on the street and we see them coming, oh man, I don't want to shit. <laughs> then something's wrong. Then something's wrong. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, they're imperfect. Hello. Maybe they saw you and said, well, I'm going to just give it one more try. And well, there you go. Look what you get when we're in relationship with one another. Here it is. Write it down. Light and love. What does that bring in my life? If I'm walking in the light, I have a relationship with Jesus, and I love the other believers, what do I get? I get clarity in my life. Light brings clarity. I get freedom. I, I'm not worried about it, somebody and what they say about me or whatever because everything's okay. I have joy. 
I'm living the way I'm supposed to live, and that brings joy in my life. And there's no stumbling on them or me. I'm not stumbling somebody. We'll talk about that when we get to the church later. Do you know how many people are outside the church tonight that will not come in the church? Because they say a believer does this, but they don't do this, and they look and go, I don't want any part of that church. So we, we, we can't be these people that say we love God, but we don't like people. Because we stumble other people. Now he goes on, look at verse 11. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness. And he walks around in the darkness. He does not where he's going, does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. So in other words, anyone who claims to live in the light but still hates his brother is not living in the light. They're actually living in the darkness. So here's what we get when we're out of fellowship with believers. I'm only talking about believers tonight. Of course, this extends to other people and the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. But I'm only talking tonight about other believers because that's the focus of John in the church. Now, here's the opposite. Write this down. Darkness and hatred, instead of light and love, we have the contrast of darkness and hatred. What does that bring me? Well, in my life, that brings me confusion. I don't have clarity about things. I'm actually not free. Now I'm bound. My sin, sin always binds us. It, it's a chain around us. I, there's no joy because when I'm out of fellowship with people, I'm angry, I'm bitter, there's sorrow, and I'm going to stumble and I'm going to stumble other people. Now, take a look at that for a moment. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants to live that way. Nobody, but many Christians are out of fellowship with God because they're out of fellowship with people. Now, the reason loving other believers, keeping unity is so difficult, is because all of us still have our old sin nature in us. Now, the next two weeks, we're going to go on to those three temptations and John brings it to us. It'll be a, a very enlightening teaching the next two weeks, so don't miss them. But since I have this old sin nature in me, the greatest threat to unity and loving one another is me. Now, I know you won't want to write this, but you have to write it tonight because this is Dr. Balmer speaking to you. Here we go. My old sin nature, you'll recognize this as you write it, is selfish, prideful, impatient, and yeah, sometimes hateful. That's my old nature. That's my old nature. Now, I know, I know people enough. Some of you here, some of you are saying, well, Pastor Mark, I don't really think I'm imperfect. Actually, I, I really have it all together. I'm, it's a waste of me to come tonight. Well, a man was stranded all alone on an island for a number of years. Finally, he was located and rescued, and some people came ashore. When they came ashore, before they took him off the island, he said, I want to show you what I've done the last couple of years while I've been here. So he took them to his hut. And he said, this, this is a home I built with my own two hands. There's nobody else on this island. And then he showed them another building. And they said, well, what is that building? He says, this is the church I built with my own two hands. There's nobody else on the island. 
And someone looked over their shoulder and saw another building. They said, what's that building over there? He said, that's a church I used to go to. (laughs) That old joke was for you that say you have it all together. You see, there's nobody else even on the island, and you can't get along with yourself. Could I hear an amen somewhere in the house? Exactly. Oh, I waited all weekend for that one. All right, now. All of us struggle with our own sin nature and our insecurities. Every single person in this room, any of our places. Would you just turn to your name and say, your neighbor and say this? Don't point your finger, just say this. I don't have it all together. I need God's help. Would you just tell them that right now? Now, did anybody say back to you? Did anybody say back to you? You sure do. <laughs> if so, there'll be counseling line right over here at the end of the service at, up front at all of our campuses. No, no. Do we need God's help? You won't hear this, but you will hear it. That was easy. That wasn't easy. It's difficult, isn't it? See, without God, it's what? It's impossible. I can't do that. I can't love like God loves without God. You say, well, Pastor Mark, then how can imperfect people actually love other imperfect people in the church? And I'm not just talking this church. I'm talking the church at large. Well, I want to give you three things to write tonight, all over campuses. Number one, Christ followers can love others because Jesus is our role model. Remember, we learned last week, The test of obedience. If I say I'm a believer, then my walk should begin, should begin to, well, to mimic Jesus' walk. Well, to do that, we need to go back and watch how Jesus interacted with his imperfect disciples. And you're going to see, if you will, turn with me to Mark chapter 10. You're going to see how Jesus puts love into action. How he fulfills that great commandment to love God and to love these impatient, prideful, and jealous disciples that he's bringing to turn the ministry over to. Now, scoot on down to verse 41, and let me just give you a preface. Look at me for a moment. Jesus had just reminded his disciples, look at me, Jesus had just reminded his disciples that he was going to suffer, die on the cross for the sins of mankind. The next thing we see in this passage, James and John are arguing about and asking for special positions on the right and the left of Jesus when he gets to the kingdom. Now, just picture Jesus. He just says to them the most horrible thing you could ever think. I'm going to leave you, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to the cross. And they're talking. Has he just finished that? Oh, by the way, uh, can, can we be at one on the right and one on the left? They just ignored what... See, they're self-absorbed. It's all about them. And you'll see tonight, no, when I love God, it's about God. When I love others, it's about others. But I'm so selfish. Well, the next thing we see is the other ten disciples hear this. Look at verse 41. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. You see, the rest of the disciples 
resented James and John for their attempt to gain an advantage over them by pursuing the honor that we learn from other passages in the Bible that they wanted. How dare you beat me to the question I wanted to ask? So what do you see there? This self-serving conduct was unloving. What had it caused among the disciples? Something that God hates. Disunity. Now, the two di- the, these two disciples are fussing with the other ten. Let me just show you a key. When you and I begin to fuss, one at another, or a group after another group, or anything, it doesn't have to be the church, it can be anywhere, you know it anywhere. When you do that, this thing we're doing, the project we're doing, the mission we're supposed to doing, it goes out the window. So while they're doing this, all kinds of stuff is being set on the side, because Jesus is going to have to deal with it. He's going to say, no, wait a minute, I can't, I can't leave the kingdom to you guys. You, you got it wrong. And all of a sudden, he responds with a lesson. Jesus loves to teach. Look at verse 43. First thing he says as he gets to 43, he says, you know, the world does just like you. They're only concerned about somebody serving them. And watch what Jesus says in verse 43. All of our campus, look at this. Instead... Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, Jesus is speaking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve. And here he says it again. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So what was his lesson? If I'm going to love others, God's love serves others. If I'm going to love other believers... Love is a verb. I'm going to serve them. And I just want to say at the moment, thanks to thousands of you at all of our campuses that are serving in a million different ways. Thank you so much. Because you're blessing our congregations. You're blessing visitors. You're blessing and making God look good. Because see, if I'm a picture of Jesus, I'm going to be a servant. I'm not self-absorbed. I'm going to serve other people. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's going to cost me time. Just look at me tonight. If you're going to love, it's going to cost you in many ways. If you're going to love others and love God, it's going to cost you. Is it worth it? Could I hear an amen? It's worth it. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm not sure. You need to be sure. It's worth it. It's worth it. Now, so Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you can't be like the world. We'll see that next week. One of the enemies we have is the world. We begin to think like the world. Well, what have you done for me lately? Well, no, 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 no. Jesus said, that's not why I came. I came to serve you. In fact, that's what I'm doing. Remember in the upper room, what's he do? He washes their feet. Trying to say to them, no, look, this, is, this means loving other people. So Jesus says, Here's my example. Live different. Are you imperfect? Then this message was for you. In fact, it was for every person on the earth. God came to love everyone. That includes imperfect people. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, but Pastor Mark told us that we can't be the kind of people who say we love God, but we hate those outside and inside of the church. Darkness and hatred within the church can destroy it. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark teaches about loving people and marriage. Love and marriage is spelled G-I-V-E. Marriage takes three people, God, husband, and wife. Christ followers must remember if we want our marriages to be successful, we must have God as the head and the center. Without God, marriage is the toughest relationship we will have. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world new hope he is giving Lord let us hear your lessons